This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back. You presented by Rotowire here to talk UFC 258, our main event. It's got the UFC welterweight title on the line. It is Kamaru, the Nigerian nightmare Usman, taking on. I, I don't even know if to say former training partner, current training partner, current training partner, uh-huh. except for this fight. Teammate, ATT teammate, and rising welterweight contender, Gilbert Dorino Burns. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. Going to break this thing down and all the other fights on UFC 258 with the co-host, the analyst, the important guys on the show, Chris Olsen, Joe, better known as Sun Tzu. Guys, you ready to shell out 60 bucks for UFC 258? Oh, am I ever ready? Um, I would add uh, with Kamar Usman, not only former or current, whatever you want to say, training partner, but uh, former corner man. Uh, he's actually cornered uh, Gilbert Burns in some fights. So a really interesting dynamic here. Um Really looking forward to this fight. We had a couple fights fall out that uh, makes this card way less exciting. Not only did Bobby Green just fall out after collapsing in the back, we hope he's okay, but also uh, earlier in the week, uh, the bigger blow, uh, Jimmy Rivera, uh, that rematch fell out. That was going to be a banger with Pedro Munoz. But we still have some interesting fights to talk about, and uh, I am excited about it. So let's get it going. Joe, well, I think uh, two women's two women's fights, Joe. I want fire from you on this three, card. three, <laughs> three women's fights. Which one am I forgetting about? Uh, I don't know. Who did I, who did I forget about? So you got you got Viana, you got Barber, you got Grasso. Well, I, for, I forgot about the co-main event. I was yeah. thinking of the. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking of the scrub women's fights because yeah. they're going to be big DFS yeah. plays. <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually, I like this camp change for uh, Kamaru. I mean, yeah, he's always had good cardio, and I think this is only going to help. So. Um, as for paying the 60 bucks, thankfully I have a few bucks in my pocket from last week. So I can no, actually, sir. I can actually fork this over for, uh, the pay-per-view. Although it is honestly one of the weaker pay-per-views. Like, I, I don't know, like the UFC should be a little ashamed of themselves. Um, you know, you got a main event and then look, I, I love Grasso as much probably for not the same reasons, but I love Grasso a lot. And that's not a co-main. I mean, geez, come on. I mean, there have there have been better fight night cards. They yeah, take the main away. So yeah, it's sixty bucks. It's tough. I mean, maybe it doesn't even do a hundred thousand buys. And I wonder how many people that don't have anything live going into the main main card are going to actually pay the sixty bucks to watch it. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, Dana White will be on the hunt for those streamers. That's probably going to be the most popular way to watch this card. Quite honestly, right? Um, if you don't know, I mean. Chris covered oh. pretty, pretty well. Uh, uh-huh. We lost, we lost um, Jimmy Rivera and Levin. Oh no, you're we, good. Uh, a l- little bit of lag. Jumped around. You're good. Yeah. Yep. We we lost Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz, and today we lost Jim Miller and Bobby Green. So eleven fights on this card. Let's dig right. And before we dig right into it, make sure you go to rotowire.com/free for a ten-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe to the podcast. Rotowire or Rotowire MMA on YouTube, iTunes, all that good stuff. Let's get into the fight. Oh, I, I, I didn't do the um, the shout-out. If you didn't hear, he, he 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 didn't he alluded to it, but he didn't mention it. Joe took down the big GPP last week and uh, only split it a couple ways. I think it was about 40, 40 grand in his pocket. So congratulations. And yeah, a lot of that was the women's MMA, you know, um, <laughs> 
gold that was on the optimal lineup. So I'm hoping to lightning we, strikes twice. I'm praying you're on the same two. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag tight. You know, I mean, I, I could, my night yeah. game ended really early. I, I had like 96% Odie Osborne and his ownership like, was dumb. I just played dumb. an incredibly yeah, yeah. tight core and it, it happened to work out for me. I mean, honestly, that's why I had that lineup with Marquez that won it for me. But you know, you're really in an interesting spot when you know, going into the last fight, you know, not only knowing the outcome, but knowing the exact number of points you need, like you knowing that you need Volkov to score 97 points for you to share the top prize with three other people. Oh, and by the way, I also was in the second iteration of that contest, you know, and and ended up splitting that with uh, with three other people or two other people. So it was it was Nine. all it was all good. And those were the only two lot two contests I played in that lineup. <laughs> it worked out big yeah, night, and well, you know what? Yeah, he heaters are real. And let's get to it this week. Yep. First up, women's fight. Miranda Maverick at 8,500, taking on Jillian Robertson at 7,700. The line on this fight, Maverick minus 135, Robertson plus 115. I, I say it every time. I've always been a fan of Jillian Robertson for whatever reason. Um, I like that, that pressure wrestling style, and she's more experienced. I think I'm taking Jillian Robertson before I kick it to, to Joe because I like to get my bias out of the way. My worry is if Miranda Maverick is significantly stronger than her, it's probably going to be an issue. He's ever ended up in top control. So I have Robertson close fight. I think the line should be flipped. So I like I like the dog here, but it's a close, close fight. Joe, women's MMA analyst, kick us off this week. Yeah, so look, there's some line value in Robinson, um, Robertson. I won't say that there isn't. Um, Miranda Maverick looked really good in her UFC debut, but let's be really honest. I mean, she was lobbed a softball um, in her first fight. Um Made it pretty easy. Uh, won that fight on a, on a doctor stoppage. There's a little bit of recency bias there. Um, you know, she, prior to that, she had a you know a decision against Pearl Gonzalez, and then you know she rear naked choked out Deanna, uh, Deanna Bennett. Took her three rounds to do it. Deanna Bennett is uh, you know her, her 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 best days are behind her. So look, I was a big advocate of the UFC signing Maverick. I think she's a really good fighter. I just see pass to victory here for Robertson. Now, the one thing to worry about with Robertson is she gets discouraged if the fight doesn't play out her way. Um, and that's been her trademark. Like, she gets really down. She needs her coaches to stay on her. I think Maverick's path to victory here is to just bum rush her and just be constantly pressuring her and not letting her do what she does best, which is essentially, you know, get it on the ground and look for a sub. So I am also just based on the line value here, um, you know, going to pick Robinson um, for DraftKings. Um, you know, again, we're, we're looking for dogs. I think a lot of people are going to be playing stars and scrubs this week and DraftKings. So I like, I like Robertson, but in case, you know, Maverick does get up early and has that pressure game going. Um, I think you need to have shares of Maverick as well, but I'll make my official pick Jillian Robertson. Yes, I like it. Yes. <laughs> Chris, who you got? Uh yeah, just I forgot to uh to put Joe in the single and in the interest of consistency, I didn't do it, but I will do it for everybody else going forward. Um you Sean self righteous yeah. want your big ass face up there. That's all right. Yeah. Mine has to go first and then and then you guys can eat. But <laughs> um but yeah, actually Sean, I I, 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 so, I see the fight. Um, playing out the way you fear that it plays out, which is um, I think Maverick is just going to be stronger than her here. And and uh, Jillian Robertson fights are, are very binary. She either gets her wrestling going or she doesn't, and she and when she doesn't, she loses lopsided fights. I think that this is going to be the case here. I think she can very much do uh, what Talia Santos did and stick her on the ground and um, outscramble her if it does come to that. We've seen her outscrambled before. Um, we saw her outscrambled by Maya Bueno Silva, which led to an armbar. Um, I, I don't actually think she's the most talented grappler in the division. I just think when she faces lesser grapplers, she makes it look really easy. And uh, that is what she has been facing uh, recently. I, I share Joe's uh, sentiment that we're hunting for dogs. And so you have to have shares of Robertson because, as I said, they're binary. So if she does win... She's going to win big, but um, I think that uh, Maverick is just going to shut her out here, and for that reason, uh, I like Maverick quite a bit. 
Uh, Quick quick final point, guys. Um, Of the three female fights that I'm going to be selecting, that we're all going to be selecting, it's this matchup that I have the least amount of conviction on. So take that for what it's worth. I'm picking Robertson um, mainly due to line value, mainly as a DraftKings play. But, like, I would not be surprised if it plays out the way Chris sees it. And Maverick just gets a gets a, a lead early and and just puts pressure on her and Jillian gets distu- gets discouraged like what happened with uh, Macy Barber and just kind of folds under pressure. So I would not be surprised to see that happen. It's not a pick without risk. I have one dog I really like to, to build off of what, what what Chris said. So spoiler coming. I I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be very. It'll be GPP popular, but I don't think it's straight up pick popular. And for Joe, the teaser. I, the, the second, not the co-main event, the other women's fight. I have a really strong conviction, and if you're not on the same side as me, I'm going to be terrified. Terrified. Okay, let's All see. Right. Next fight up, though, before we can get to that, we have Ricky Simone at 9,100 taking on Brian Kelleher at 7,100. Line on this fight. Ricky Simone is minus 245. Kelleher is plus 205. Look, I'm going to do my breakdown super, super simple because it's basically Kelleher is dead unless he gets a submission or – fluky catches Simone coming in a la Uri Faber. And then you go into, okay, that's fine. That's that's the fight breakdown. I'll hedge with a little bit of Kelleher in case, but can you really afford Ricky Simone with Kamaru Usman and all these other 9K fighters? I think that's really what we need to get at in the breakdown. Chris, you're up. Yeah, um, I I agree. I think that uh, especially now, Kelleher has shown in in the last couple of fights um, – especially the last one with Ray Rodriguez, but also too with uh, Odie Osborne to a certain extent that he has made his takedown defense more more so. I'm going to hunt my guillotine because I'm really good at it. And so, look, uh, Ricky Simone can get his head stuck in there. That can happen. So, like you said, um, yeah, you can you can go for that and you can uh, have a couple shares of Kelleher. I think that um, the pace and pressure of Simone is going to be different and it's going to overwhelm a guy like Keller, uh, now to the point of can you fit him in? I think you can. I think with the, we've seen in the past couple weeks um, with this scoring system, and last week especially, I feel like, uh, the wrestlers and grapplers are really going to pay big dividends with the new scoring system. We see it over and over again now. Even even with uh, wrestlers and grapplers who aren't, uh, you know, prolific, weren't prolific scorers at all uh, last time are really coming through big now. So, yes, I think you can afford Ricky. I think the rinse and repeat takedowns can um, still lead to about five or six minutes of control time at least. And if you're looking at that, you're looking at a big score, uh, even if it goes to a decision, which is basically what he does. I mean, I know he got a, he got a uh, finish the last time out. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the breakdown. I mean, I wouldn't count Kelleher out because, you know, he's still a, uh, still a, a tricky grappler. He can get it there. He can uh, – Lands some punches. He does have a good takedown defense. I think it's in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. So he can, he does have his paths here, but um, I think the pace and pressure of Simone are just going to be too much. And uh, I'm picking Simone. You know, one thing to hit on that, that you kind of brush on, but I think it's important. You said wrestlers been coming up big with the new scoring system. And I need another couple of weeks of data, and I'm probably going to write something. I think we need to start adjusting in our mind what a big score is because scores are up all over the place because you have non-significant strikes are point two. So whether they're in the cage doing that slap, you slap you against the you know, uh, the uh, rib stuff or the, the foot stomp or on the ground, the little stuff on like scores everywhere are just up. So I, I, Yes, the control time is helping wrestlers exaggerating it a little bit. But when you're looking at game logs, like 80s, not what it used to be. Like all those Bilal Muhammad 80s that it used to be, they're even up in the 90s now. Like I think, I think 90s the new 80 for DFS, and just start getting well, used to seeing it, 700 and change win win fights. Win, sure, win, but but it's also like it, it it all goes together, doesn't it? So like when you're talking about non significant strikes the people who are most apt to get those are wrestlers because they're on the ground or people who tie you up in the clinch or whatever. Yes. It, but, the, the scoring system does help, does help. But in terms of coming through big, if you, if you start looking it just, just for people's brains, like 80 isn't a great score anymore or sure, even it never yeah. was a great score. It was a good score. Well, it kind of sucks now. I think 80 is now 70. So uh, Joe, who do you got for this fight? So um, I'm, I'm really tired of hearing about the, the narrative around, Ricky Simone losing to Uriah Faber 
Okay, so that was not a good loss, but, but let's look at a little bit of the backstory. I mean, I believe Ricky Simone was like on his way to his honeymoon, um, you know, when he took that fight. So, okay, he got flash finished in that fight, but what he did against Ray Borg was truly impressive. Uh, I think Kelleher is going to be a popular pick. He's kind of a polarizing feature uh, figure. He does a lot of, you know, work on, on social media. Um, you know, you have him on, on, you know, YouTube videos a lot. I mean, he's just a really all around good dude and he does have that wicked guillotine, but we've seen guys like Jackson, you know, just piece him up. I don't, I, I see this fight, um, Simone, he needs to, you know, have good fight IQ. He keeps this fight standing and I think he can actually get a finish, uh, against Kellar. Do not follow him to the ground. Do not put yourself in, in harm's way, which I know is easier said than done. But I think he's got the strength and the power to make that happen. So I like Ricky Simone a fair bit here. I will have shares of Kelleher in GPPs. Um, but I do like Simone here to get the win. All right. Next fight up. Oh, good. An area I'm sick of talking about. Chris Gutierrez, 8,400. Taking on Andre Yule at 7,800. Uh, line on this fight. Newish fight on the card. Week old. Uh, super short notice for uh, Gutierrez. Yule was supposed to fight Stamen last week. That gets pulled off. Gutierrez on short notice is the favorite, minus 135. Comeback on Yule is plus 115. Yule six six inch reach advantage. Somehow Andre Yule is a higher pace striker in a fight. And everyone I hear is talking about Chris Gutierrez and the leg kicks. I get it. He had have scored a bunch of points via via leg kicks against Vince Morales. That could be a tool for him in this fight for sure. Yule is open to it, but do not. Do not game log chase three leg kick knockdowns. Like, go ahead, play play Gutierrez. I think Yule's the one with upside, especially in a place where we're hunting for underdogs. Like, if you flip these salaries, I probably fade the whole fight at this salary. I'll have a little bit of Andre Yule. He's my pick to win. Uh, Joe. So it's really interesting, and I would encourage you guys uh, to, you know, to listen to you know Brett Apley's take on this. Um, he made a few really good points on how. Uh, you know, this fight and how the style of Andre Yule and how he lines up, he's not going to be as susceptible um, to leg kicks as, as Morales was when he got finished by leg kicks. Um, interesting take. Uh, look, Gutierrez is the younger fighter. He's 29 years old. He actually lands more leg kicks than he does headshots, uh, which is, is kind of interesting. And that's another, uh, I, I know I, I plagiarized that from someone. So apologies. Uh, I can't recall who, but that's an interesting stat in its own right. Uh, he's got a three-fight winning streak. Um, again, younger guy by four years. Uh, Yule can play to his reach. I, I really honestly don't know what to do here. Um, I know that uh, Gutierrez trains at altitude, so I would I would hope that his cardio is is in line. Um, I guess, and I think this is um, is this a catchweight fight? Uh, I yeah, know. it's one forty. It's a catchweight so. fight. So this is a catchweight fight. Uh, you know, the five extra pounds probably going to help out. Um, oh, these are both pretty big guys. I was going to say probably help out Yule um, a little more. Um, but Gutierrez is 5'9". What is Yule? Yule is about six feet tall. Uh, I, I think, you know, the extra five pounds. No, actually, he's 5'8". Okay. So I don't know who the extra five pounds is going to help. Probably both these guys, so they're not going to have to cut as much. Um, I guess I'm going to pick Gutierrez here. Um, you know, both, both fighters coming off of win streaks, um, I, at 33 years old, I just don't know where the upside is for, you know, for Andre Yule, um, you know, MMA record 17 and six. Uh, I mean, it, if he fights at range, he could win the fight. I don't know that I see this being all that exciting. I could see this as a pretty low scoring fight, which is what I'm probably going to be banking on. I can't see myself having a lot of this fight more now that we, have lost two fights, but like when we had a full 13 fight slate, I was not really circling this fight as one that I was going to have a lot of. No, so, no. Um, so I guess I'll take Gutierrez here, but it's, it's, it's kind of a weak pick. Yeah. But you a dog pricing, which is, it's just my only point why I'm going to get some. And I, yeah. I am leaning that I way. I get in it. General. I get it. Chris, who you got? Yeah. Um, I like Andre Yule a lot. I just, I just like his style. Shit. Um, as the uh, as the boxer who is you know can really fight at range and and is uh, uh, quick and 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 has a little bit of power, a little bit of sneaky power, but 
I am. Uh, I'm oh, picking good. Gutierrez here. Oh, I good. Think. I feel better. I, yeah, I say I saved Sean. I had to uh, had to get him on the edge of his seat for a minute, but um, I, I, I uh, I'm I'm gonna do a, a, something at my own peril and kind of disagree with uh, the great Brad Appley, which is to say, I think the light kicks are are kind of gonna be there in in uh, good supply just because of how heavy uh, how heavy you'll stand on that lead leg. I think that. Um, the fight could be a little higher scoring just because of the pace that uh, the pace that Yule keeps. He tends to draw uh, exciting fights out of his opponents, but as we know, the significant strikes are less, and they're going to spend a lot of time at range here. Uh, we have seen Goody, uh, Gutierrez wrestle a little bit more lately, and he could do that just because we've seen that uh, that Yule can't stop a takedown. But you know. We'll have to see. I agree that I'm not going to have much of this on DraftKings, but I just think as Gutierrez, as the, the cleaner kickboxer, even though there's going to be a pretty pronounced reach uh, disadvantage for Gutierrez, even though he's an inch taller, which is strange, a strange tale that's taped there. But um, I, uh, I'm i going to go with Gutierrez. I think that um, I, I might dog or pass it a little bit. I'm sure I'll have some of Gutierrez just in case the light kicks bust him up and then and then we go from there. Uh, Yule was actually finished by, I think Marlon Vera finished him, and I think that was a relatively high-scoring performance. So uh, the way that they're going to be striking back and forth, if there is a finish here, it's going to score well. But, um, but yeah, so uh, my pick is going to be Gutierrez. All right, next fight up. Ooh. Sorry, guys. Lost, it's all right. lost, the, lost the screen I was working on. All right, That's there we go. Right. Next fight up is – oh, I skipped a fight. I totally skipped a fight. We need to oh, show no. I'm sorry, guys. Sean, and, you're and, fired. And, see what ya. did you skip? Philip Rowe, 8,200. Oh, yeah. Green at 8,000, a very important GPP fight. Um, yeah. Green is minus 140, so line value there. I think he'll be more popular. And my boy Phil Rowe is plus 120 to let you know where I'm going in this fight. By the way, fight does not go to decision. Minus 165. It's funny. Gabe Green, this is – because I teased it, I'll give my explanation. I think Gabe Green probably has the higher MMA ceiling in general. He is so... He's reckless right now. He's he's not disciplined. He's going to move forward, he's going to heavy pressure, and he's going to throw. And, you know, I, I was talking to some other people about this, and yeah, guy's going to fight, uh, uh, fight free money, a little bit of line value, all that's great. When you're that sloppy, and I know that, you know, um, Philip Rowe isn't, you know, he was getting hurt by Leon Chabazian before he got a finish on the contender series. And you want to do MMA math, Gabe uh, Green finished him relatively easier, easily earlier in his career. My, my issue is just at this level, when you're reckless like that, you're going to get clipped. And I just, I think now is probably the time and it's a GPP fight only. Anyway, people are on the line value for um, on the Gabe Green side. So I get, Ownership, a sloppy fighter, mid-range fight, GPP fight. Yeah, give me the leverage. Give me Phil, Phil Rowe, just Gabe Green making a mistake as he charges in pretty recklessly as he does in all of his tape. And by the way, if Gabe Green catches him, catches Phil Rowe coming in, because Phil Rowe does start a little bit slow, won't surprise me at all. I don't want any tweets. Yeah, haha, you were wrong. I'm just, look, ownership and that reckless style, I'm taking the shot on Phil Rowe. Uh, Chris, who you got? Well, I have my burner accounts ready in case that happens. So uh, I'll be, be blocking. I'll be blocking. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I won't say what I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say something really yeah. terrible. Uh, um, yeah, the, those creative names that I come up with. I'm sure. I'm sure you have a couple of them. But um, I, 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 I pick uh, Gabe Green here. But I agree with your strategy, Sean, because I think if you have a GPP fight where uh, one guy is probably going to finish and the whole world's on the other the other side. Well, then you should take a, pick, uh, a gander at the other one because that's going to be a lot of points if that guy does finish. So I agree with that, and I will have my shares of Phil Rowe for that reason. But um, I like Green here. I, I, I think, as you mentioned – You agree uh, that he's the, defensively irresponsible. I, I do, yeah. Not only on the feet, but also on the on the ground, he gets very uh, manic. If you ever watched him on the regional scene, he, he has some really good escapes, mount escapes, and he's actually fun to watch on the ground. But he gets very, very uh, panicky, I think, and scrambly. And I, I think that with a long grappler, especially like Roe, that could be a problem. We've seen how the length can, 
can affect uh, uh, grapplers and how they can control. But um, I think that the, the forward pressure is what was giving uh, Roe problems in that contender series fight. Um, Gabe Green is going to be doing a lot of it in the smaller cage. Uh, he can get clipped on the way in, of course, with the length. But uh, as soon as as soon as Green is on the inside, I love it because taking away all that space is going to be important. I think that he's going to clip uh, Phil Rowe. I think he might get him out of there early. We know how tough Gabe Green is. We saw it in the Daniel Rodriguez fight. So even if he does get clipped, I don't think it's going to be as easy as, okay, I got hit once and now I'm out of the fight. I think he can rally. If he does get hit, and that's something you do like uh, with a guy for – for your money. So, uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on green here, but, um, heavy both sides are, and I think maybe get, get some more row than you would have if the entire world's going to be on green, but green is my pick as well. Joe. Yeah. So how good of a stack would that have been if you stacked D rod, um, and Gabe green, uh, in their fight? I mean, pretty bananas. <laughs> oh my God. With the significant strikes. I, I, that's the one thing that, that sticks out from that fight is, you know, the fact that uh, it went the distance and, and Green was a short notice replacement and D-Rod could not put him away. So he's a tough guy. Look, this is a GPP fight. Like, I would love to buy into somebody with a lot of conviction on which way to go in this fight. So I honestly, I think the way to play it is to have equal shares uh, or pretty much equal shares or, or you know, deviate towards the line value. Um, I... Otherwise, uh, flip a coin. I mean, I guess I'll lean towards Roe here, but I would play this fight pretty evenly on DraftKings, and I have no desire at all to bet it, although I do have a sneaking suspicion that it does not go the distance. All right, next fight up. Now I got to scroll down to where I was, and we have – oh, good. All right. I'm good. Joseph first. Mallory Martin, 8,600, taking on Pollyanna Vienna. At 7,600, a line on this fight. Mallory Martin is minus 145. Pollyanna Vienna is plus 125. All right, Joe. I'm actually I, – I, I'm going to be quiet, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say, and then I'm going to make a reaction. It could be very loud based <laughs> on if you agree, because I, I have a pretty strong stance on this fight. Okay, so let's talk about some of the intangibles, right? So – um, you know, we've got Pollyanna Viana, who has just been uh, a vacuum uh, for favorite players. She is like just sucked up money um, for any anybody who bet her uh, when she was a favorite. Um, you know, she comes back in her last fight and actually looks pretty good um, against uh, against Emily Whitmire. Gets the first round armbar. Um, trains at a really good Brazilian camp. Um, kind of like on par with Nova Uniao, Tata Fight Team. Um, so she's getting some good training. Um, but prior to that Emily Whitmire armbar as a, as a slight dog, she had three losses um, and not exactly against the creme de la creme. Um, then you got Mallory Martin, who trains at Elevation Fight Team. Um, good camp, good camp. Not exactly lighting the UFC on fire either. I mean, if you look at her... You look at her record, okay. Hannah Cyphers, although Cyphers had some moments in that fight, and then that loss against uh, Jan Jaroba does not look that bad, considering that um, Jan Jaroba uh, is really good <laughs> and has proven to be really good. Um, prior to that, kind of beat some so-so fighters in Invicta. So, what am I going to do here? Okay, so I think the better chance at a finish is by Viana. I also think there's line value on Viana. So my pick is Viana. Boo! Boo this man! <laughs> and shit. Chris, Chris, well, pl please save me. I, I, I'm going to add to the chorus here, and as usual, I'm going to get booze from Sean, but I'm used to it. Uh, by now, I think that um, Viana is, look, I, you can say, oh, it was just Emily Whitmire. If you'd like to, that armbar transition was very quick and very pretty. And I can't get – look, I don't see how you can at least consider or not consider, I should say, Viana. I mean, Jen Jaroba, uh, look, she's probably better at jiu-jitsu than, than uh, Pollyanna Viana is, but I just can't get past how many times and how easily – she took Mallory Martin down. Um, that really has to go through your head, I think, as you're looking at this fight. 
Now, the one thing is, um, Pollyanna Vienna doesn't go for takedowns a lot. Only about 1.2 per 15. I think she should do it more often. And um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go back and, and put a finer point on the fact that um, Joe said that uh, uh, Hannah Cyphers had her moments. Hannah Cyphers had a really, really big moment. Um, a knockdown that I think dropped her, and I think she was out for a second and came back. Um, I mean, all credit to her for coming out in the second round and totally turning around the fight. Uh, one of the more impressive comebacks probably of the year that we don't talk about. Yeah, performance but, of the um, night. Yep. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. But um, for this fight, I think that, um, look, I, I, I've always liked, Vienna is not much on the feet. I've always liked her range that's, kicking. That's, an, uh, that's a big overstatement. A, a big, big overstatement. But I, I have to say that I, I like her range kicking game. Her body kicks are good. Um, and I just think that, look, Mallory Martin is probably going to throw herself into some clinch situations. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I think that she's, she's such like, she's such an amalgamation of things inside the cage. Like she strikes and she wrestles and she, this and she, that, I think that, um, she's going to tie, she might initiate some tie ups here, which is uh, good for me. I think, and I, I definitely agree with Joe that if there's going to be a finish, it's going to be Viana. Um, I am picking Viana. I think she does get this up here, and I am going to shield myself from the hail of booze that is sure to come. Boo! <laughs> Look, I, I just can Pollyanna Vienna hit a submission? Yes. In my opinion, that is the only way she wins this fight. Look, you're going to compare the, the the striking of Hannah Cyphers to the striking of Pollyanna Vienna, who I don't think could jab her way out of a wet paper bag. Like body her striking, kicks. Her striking is horrendous. And you go on top, and, and you take that one step further. Could she end up in a clinch position? Could she end up on top? Vienna is easy to take down a lot of times because she wants to be taken down. Relying on a submission off your back in the UFC, I mean, this is the best division to do it in. But you can see the, the men's fighters, as MMA has evolved, like those, you don't see people hitting submissions off their back very, very frequently. Like it's not a good place to be. And with, with this with the addition of control time, if Mallory Martin just holds her up against the cage, lands a takedown and goes, Oh shit, I don't want to be here. And just, you know, stays in guard. She's still scoring. That's very specific, Sean. Very specific. She has a path on the feet. I don't think Pollyman is a terrible striker. I think she can have control time up against the cage and on the mat. If she finds herself there, because Vienna is just going to hunt for subs. And I don't like relying on the sub. Could Vienna hit it and break the slate short? It's a GPP play. I think it is a viable one. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just, again, I think less people are going to be on Martin and I have paths on the feet, on the ground in the clinch. Cause I do think she's physically stronger. I mean, for this price tag, sign me up, kind of. So for that reason, I'm on Mallory Martin. I'll be against the green. I'll take the Chris Olsen role for this fight. Let's go to the next fight up where I think we're, I think everybody pretty much agree what's going to happen here, right? It's just a matter of scoring and price. Bilal Muhammad, 9,200, taking on Diego Lima at 7,000. Uh, line on this fight, Muhammad is minus 470 now. Um now the biggest favorite on the card. He's a bigger favorite than uh, Rodolfo Vieira, who, who we, we've yet to talk about, who's more expensive. Uh, comeback on Lima is plus 375. The issue is your fight goes to decision is minus 195. And the scoring has changed. You can't call him Mr. 86 anymore. But how else will Muhammad going to score, Chris? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you see that he's he's he mixes in his wrestling a lot. He mixed the wrestling in a lot. In the Jeff Neal fight, um, and a lot of those entries were pretty good. Jeff Neal just did a good job uh, Ding up a lot of that. I don't know that uh, Diego Lima's anti-wrestling is quite as good, although I think it's gotten better. Um, he deed up a lot of, of uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, veteran. Uh, he just fought, uh, he just fought uh, Carlos Condit. Well, not just, but... Um, I, I, I... Diego who, Lima did, did, who did Diego Lima just fight? Yeah, Luke Jamo. No, before that, Court McGee. Court McGee. Yeah, he beat up eight. Things like, I saw, the only fight I watched this was uh, Luke was Luke Jamo, and I went, "Who the? F yeah, what are we talking about?" Yeah, he never fought Condit. I, I don't think. I don't think that one's coming up in the Pike either. But probably um, not. I hope. Yeah. Not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, beat up eight uh, Court McGee takedowns. He's. He's dealt with a lot of wrestlers in his career. He had to fight Yushin Okami. He had to fight Jesse Taylor. 
He's very used to people coming at his legs. I, I think that, um, I, like I said, I think Bilal Muhammad is, is a better wrestler than his take that accuracy perhaps gives him credit for. But I also don't think you can rely on him getting a finish. I know he subbed out uh, Takashi Sato in that win. I don't think it's it's reliable, but I I do like the regularity with which he was he was going for takedowns in that in that uh, Jeff Neal fight, and so I think that could be something. It could also be the case that he's going to want to use the wrestling more here because he's going to be at uh, quite the reach disadvantage. Um, but it depends. I think Diego Lima's striking has gotten a lot better uh, in in this run in the UFC. I think he he's a lot better at counter punching now. Um, which has been a problem for Bilal Muhammad in the past. Uh, not to say that I think that uh, Diego Lima wins because I don't, um, but it's an interesting fight to me. Interesting to see what path Bilal Muhammad takes. I think he can do an accumulation, uh, get a pretty decent cashy score if he decides to wrestle a lot, but we'll have to see. But I do think the pick for the fight is Bilal Muhammad. Joe? Bilal Muhammad. There's not a whole lot of analysis. I mean, <laughs> this is a this is how a much, fight. How, how how much are you playing Malam Muhammad versus the other guys in the nine K range? Not not a, not a lot. I think he's a much better wager wager than he is a DraftKings play. Even at I mean, minus four seventy. Yeah, I think he's going to be. Well, I mean, I, there there are other ways you can maybe like like look at the decision prop or maybe even go for a finish prop because I, I could certainly see him finishing Lima, um, but. Again, that would obviously make him a good DraftKings play. It's kind of counterintuitive to what I just said. But, um, yeah, I like Bilal Muhammad here. I just don't know how many points he's going to score. I don't think he's ever scored 100 points I'm in a UFC fight. Under the Even, new scoring system he has. Oh, has, Are you sure? Because Un, it, Under the new scoring system. Because the new scoring system is in the fighter bios on DraftKings. I thought I saw it last night. Take I, a look. I, I, I don't think I, I saw him ever score 100 points. But look. Oh, you're right. No, no. Yep. Yes. One time, 103. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think you need to do a lot of analysis here. I, I don't know why he didn't get a better opponent, but it is what it is. This is who he's fighting. Um, okay. I'll take Bilal Muhammad here. I don't know. I, I don't know how much of this I'll have on DraftKings. Again, now with only 11 fights, you're going to have to have a lot more, especially if you're maxing than you would normally have of this fight. So, um, I think it's kind of an interesting play because I, I don't know how own, how owned he would be normally, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I do agree. It's an inter interesting GPP play, and that is a very hot take from our boy Non Bilal top score on the slate. Holy! Wow, that is a hot take. Holy bleeping bleep! If that is your actual hot take, we'll get to the hot takes later. Uh, I don't think we should have any here. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira, 9,300, taking on Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, 6,900. Line in this fight I just referenced. Uh, Vieira is minus 400. Comeback on Hernandez, plus 325. Horrific stylistic matchup for Anthony Hernandez. Joe, how much Herna how much Vieira can we fit in at 9,300? Yeah, I mean, I guess Hernandez's only hope here is that uh, – his only hope here is that Fluffy <laughs> – Fluffy's only hope is that Vieira gets tired. Um, you know, that's really the only way I could see this happening because Vieira is immediately going to go for the clinch, right? He'll get it to the ground, especially while they're still dry. Um, he's going to be the highest owned fighter in that range, you know, which is interesting for a guy that's pretty one dimensional in how he fights. It's just like, I, I don't understand the matchmaking here. I'm not sure I understand why Vieira is getting matched up against Fluffy Hernandez, um, the matchmaking makes no sense. Uh, he's going to be the highest owned fighter, uh, at least especially in that price point, if not on the whole slate. So Vieira, what else is there to say? Chris. Well, let me give you a 20-minute dissertation. No. Um, I, will, I, <laughs> I will disconnect this call, sir. No. Uh, Vieira, yeah, Vieira is going to win. This is, as Sean said, this is a, this is a particularly bad matchup just because – Hernandez looks to get in, into clinches. That's sort of how he fights. He he crashes the pocket with strikes, and he always ends up clinching his opponents. Um, and Rodolfo Vieira is uh, is actually a really – I won't say really, but he's a pretty good wrestler for a jiu-jitsu-only guy. He actually knows what a double leg is. He doesn't just rely on, uh, you know, clinch takedowns. Side uh, comment. Yeah. His, he yeah. actually knows what a double leg is. Yeah, no, that's a high compliment for, for a jiu-jitsu-only for a jiu guy. 
Uh, he's really strong. We've already seen him fight into a second round in his UFC debut against Oscar Pajota, which actually was his toughest fight by matchup. So I don't. I, I agree. I don't know what these matchups are as, uh, recently, but um, we also know he's a tough guy. I mean, he basically got his eye blown up by in his last fight against uh, Saverbeck Safarov to the point where I think if that went past the first round, Safarov would have won because they would have stopped. That fight was not getting past the yeah. round. Um, so that's that's fascinating. But, um, but yeah, he got it done. And, and the cherry on top of the Sunday here is we saw a pretty strong grappler in Marcus Perez take Anthony Hernandez down and uh, triangle, arm triangle him. And uh, Vieira is much stronger so and much better at jiu-jitsu. So you have to take Vieira. I think he probably gets us done in round one just based on uh, how Hernandez fights. So, yeah, I'm going to have quite a bit, even at the uh, elevated price tag. So who you got? Who do I have? Wait. Yeah. Richard Joe went already. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm confused. I, thought, I didn't I know if you wanted me to change my no, pick no, or not. No. I meant to say, what do you got? I didn't realize you were already gone. Uh, I mixed yeah. up. I mixed up the order in my head. John wants That's to keep right. talking about this fight. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. I was That's so. Right. I was. Uh, no. Let's go on to. All right. Let's let's get on to. I think my hot take of the card: Julia Marquez, 8700, taking on Maki Patolo at 7500. I don't know how hot of a take it is. I should rephrase my dog pick of the of the card. Marquez minus 162, Patolo plus 152. Money is coming into Marquez, which I think is interesting. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 165. Should play this in GPPs. Look, uh, who said this? I, 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 I took it from someone, and I don't – I want to give credit. Oh, God. It might have been Newsom, And if it's not Newsom, I apologize to whoever it is that Maki Patolo has fought six times since Julian Marquez last fought. <laughs> that's an issue in MMA. and Marquez coming off of a really serious injury where his career might have been over I think ring rust is a thing Like, there's two guys who are going to stand and trade they're both super hittable I think Marquez is probably even more hittable I think Marquez probably has a little more pop they're both tough dudes give me the underdog and a high variance GPP fight um, I, just, I worry about all the intangibles on Marquez's side if this fight was two years ago I'd be taking Marquez all day it's not. It's just not the world we live in. I think Maki Patolo, obviously a super live dog who I'm going to give the slight nod to. All right. Now, Joe, who you got? Okay. So, obviously, there's some narrative around why Marquez hasn't fight hasn't fought. Um, it would not have surprised me if his career was over based on the injuries he's had. Like, serious, serious back injuries. Um, you know, okay, ring rust here. Like, six times your opponent's fought. Um, I see this fight is finishing inside the distance. I think you should have exposure to it in GPPs, but because of the narrative, I am going to lean to the dog here. I think there's some value. Um, it's hard for me to get behind a guy, you know, who hasn't fought, um, you know, since Crocs were cool. Uh, it's really tough. So I'll have some shares of Marquez, um, but I am going to pick coconut bombs at a dog price for the win. All right, Joe, we can be friends again. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Chris, who you got? So once again, I understand the strategy. Um, same same principle as the Gabe Green fight. If you have a high-variance GPP and you think everybody's going to be on one side, go to the other one. But um, I'm going to take – I am going to take. Um, I think Patolo's higher on than Marquez, by the way. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. It's not exactly the same thing. But, but just I understand the play in any case. But um, – I am actually going to go then on what may be the the, uh, the less frequent side here, which is Marquez, just because I, look the the physicality of Patolo always scares me. I think pretty much everybody's stronger than him in this division. I think um, he can get muscled around, he can um, get choked, he can, and it's interesting too because Julian Marquez only has one sub on his record, but he loves to pull your head down and go for those chokes. Um, the guillotine chokes that he tries, he, he got the front choke on Darren Stewart. Um, granted, that was when they were both pretty tired in that third round. But uh, I think that's an issue too here because I think that Marquez is going to be able to muscle him around. And we know that Marquez likes to mar uh, march his opponents down. I think that uh, Patolo is the better striker. I like a lot about him. I like that you know he goes body head. He does a lot of lateral movement, all this stuff. I just don't know that his power is going to play, especially against a guy like Marquez. And I, th and I think Marquez is definitely going to be stronger. 
So I have to go with that here. Um, so pick is Marquez. Have both sides, but I think Marquez gets the finish here. All right, next fight up, Kelvin Gastelum, 8,800, taking on Ian Heinisch at 7,400. A line on this fight, Kelvin Gastelum is minus 210. Heinisch is plus 190. Uh, I think really we're just talking about is Kelvin Gastelum shot or are we really that high on Ian Heinisch? I'm not. Chris, how about you? I'm not either. I think that um, Kelvin Gastelum, look, there, there's just been a lot of um, – first of all, he's had a, he's had a couple of weird um, – Fight first. Um, the um, what am I even saying here? Uh, start over. Uh, first of all, he's had a couple of weird opponents. Uh, coming back, he had the, the Jacker Manson fight in which he just got you know heel hooked, which is not a common occurrence. I don't expect anything like that to happen again. And the Darren Till fight, it's just a guy with a weird long frame, and you, I could see him struggling to strike with a guy like that. The bottom line is he's still got really fast hands. Um, he's going to be the, the, the faster, the man with the faster hands, he's going to be the man who is the better boxer. Uh, I think a lot of Ian Heinrich's game flows from his wrestling. And if he can't get it, I think that he's going to struggle. I don't think, uh, Kelvin Gastelum is an easy takedown generally, although even, uh, not barring what happened in the, in his last fight. But, um, but yeah, I just think that, uh, Heinisch doesn't have, as much of a layered striking game, I think that's going to hurt him here. I, I don't really see this being a high-scoring DK fight, though. I think it's just going to sort of be a slog as it goes. I mean, unless Kelvin Gastelum catches him, but Ian Heinisch is a very durable, very tough guy. I expect this to be a kind of a nip-and-tuck fight where Ke uh, Gastelum just lands the better shots and then takes the decision. So I'm going to go Gastelum here, but I'm probably – Going to fade a lot on uh, DK and other DFS sites. Joe, how about you? I think G Gastelum is a really solid bet here. I really like him a lot in this spot. I think, obviously, this is as soft a competition as he's fought. Um, I don't know how that's going to translate to DraftKings. Um, was, refresh my memory, was Mearshart a favorite against Heinish when, when they fought? Um, I can't recall what the odds were on that fight. Um, I guess it would be have been close. I don't no, know. Heinish was a minus one forty favorite. Okay, minus one forty. It, it closed minus one sixty for Heinish. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I, I think. Look, I honestly, and you guys feel free to agree or disagree. I think Kelvin might be fighting for his roster spot here. I mean, you know, this is as soft of a matchup as they've actually given him. Um, so I see him. Winning a fairly dominant decision. I don't know if he puts Heinish away. I think that he could. I like him a lot as a wager. Again, how I'm going to use him in DraftKings, again, I'm going to have to use him a lot more than I might have. And I know this is a recurring theme of mine, but with 11 fights, you can't really afford to have um, too many holes in terms of like leaving guys out of your lineups, especially if you're spreading in mass entry. So I like Calvin here. I like him a fair amount. Um, I'm going to use him. In DraftKings, I just don't know how, but I really do like him as a wager. I pretty much agree with everything Joe said. I don't think he's fighting for his roster spot, although it kind of depends how much money he's making, quite quite honestly. Um, but otherwise, total, totally in line with what these guys have for a fight breakdown. Co-main event time. Alexa Grasso, 8,300, taking on Macy Barber at 7,900. Line on this fight. Grasso minus 117, the comeback on Barber plus 107. Should be a fun one. I think this is actually going to score decent, which I think is a hot take in of itself. Just the way Macy Barber fights, there's going to be a lot of volume in this fight. It's boxer versus kickboxer, but I actually favor the boxer and Grasso because can Macy Barber move her head off the center line? I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. And I was really high on the way. The more I go back and watch, like she's standing in front and just throwing at people. That's that's not going to fly here against Alexa Grasso. In my opinion, you also got the intangibles of the, the ACL injury. Yeah, it's been a year. She should be fine. Losing to Roxanne Matafari. Matafari had some success on the feet in that fight, which was stupid. So Joe shaking his head. I, I lean towards Alexa Grasso in this one. I think regardless, I think people are going to not play as much of this fight as they should. I actually think this one scores better than most women's MMA fights, especially striking-based fights. Joe, who do you have? So I'm shaking my head because I don't understand where the love for Barbara is coming from. 
Yes, he's um, on my side. I mean, guys. you know, like uh, so. So look, uh, with with all due respect, Cody Safrick, uh, you are my boy. I dream of doing a show with you someday. But like trying to talk my boy, Paul Shaughnessy, off of uh, of you know putting a play down on 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 Grasso. No, 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 no. Um, watch film. I mean, let's forget about the fact that she's coming off of a you know a, a pretty serious injury. Um, where she got taken down and dominated by Roxanne Modafari. Um, look at Grasso's last fights. Look at how good a striker she is. I mean, you know, Macy Barber, even when she finished Jillian Robinson, there was nothing technical about, about that performance. She just muscled her up and swung wildly, right? Now, okay, yeah, maybe she's made some improvements. I, it's not like I've watched her most recent sparring sessions. But I was impressed with the way Grasso has fought her last couple fights. She's such a technical fighter. I literally see her piercing up, piecing up Macy Barber here. I, I don't know how this is going to translate to DraftKings, but I will be. And thank you for all those guys out there. And this could be the biggest pork chop that I eat on the entire card because there are, is a lot of love. Like I'm hearing love on Cirrus, on the Cirrus sports channels, like guys who are coming on who, who do their MMA minutes, who are touting Macy Barber as a parlay piece with Kamara Usman. Please continue doing that. Drive this number down even further. I was happy at 134. I'm certainly happy at 127. And if this line even comes close to flipping, I'm going to really invest some serious money in this fight um, on, on you know just straight up betting. So I honestly, I think Grasso could win this fight wherever it goes. Um, right, that's that's what's going to happen there, Ryan Barton. Grasso is going to piece her up standing. Um, Look, the sun even shines on the back of a dog's ass on occasion. So she could certainly, Barbara could certainly come out there flailing and hit her with something. But remember, this is her first fight back coming off an injury. And she is going up against a far more technical striker and pure boxer in in, in Grasso. So give me Grasso all day here. This is one of my most confident picks, perhaps outside of Bilal and Usman on the entire slate. But again, I don't know how that is going to translate to DraftKings. Um, you know, she she does not offer a line value, not not the way the line has been moving towards Macy Barber. Could be a really good punt play um, because I'm guessing she's going to be pretty low owned, even on an 11 fight card. Um, she's going to be the DraftKings favorite and could potentially be a betting line dog, which is never a good sign for ownership. So I may have some shares of her for that reason. But I do really like uh, Grasso a lot here. Um, give me Grasso all day long and twice on Sunday. Chris? Well, it's it's dinner time, Joe, because uh, I think that makes you – look, I agree with what you, what you say that um, obviously Grasso is the better striker, right? But I'm just sort of confused that, like, obviously – you know, you don't need to be technical to win to win fights. The way that the way that she's gonna win it is the way that you kind of joked that she would do. She's gonna muscle her around. She's gonna be the stronger fighter, and she's gonna trap her against the cage and clinch her up and uh, rough her up, just sort of like how um, you know, we have we have a prologue uh, for this fight. We can just look at um. Now, obviously, they're not exactly the same fighter, but uh, Grasso uh, already already beat a boxer. In uh, whose name I forgot now that I decided to bring her up, but uh, <laughs> who, who, who's the who's the boxer? <coughs> that that who, the, the Grasso beat or the Barber beat? That Barber beat. Wait, she wait. beat uh, JJ Ulrich. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Fucking wait! You are comparing Alexa Grasso's boxing to JJ Aldridge's boxing. I, Get out of here! Wait, you, wait! You don't think Aldridge is, is a good boxer? Not not, not in not in Grasso's yeah, league. Not in the I way mean, Grasso is. I I, I I agree that Grasso's better. I don't think they're worlds apart. You, you gotta watch. You gotta watch her recent fight. You gotta watch her last fight. I now, watch every fight, sir. How impressive you know, she looked. I, I mean, fight, sir. you really you thought should. she looked great in the Ji Young Kim fight. I don't know. I, I thought she looked really good. But I mean, she got hit quite a bit. But anyway, um, I, yeah. So I I think she's gonna be stronger. I also think, as I said, as we brought up in the Anthony Hernandez fight. I think she's going to throw herself into some clinch situations. I think she does that fairly regularly, and I think it's going to hurt her here. Um, I, I just think she's going to be able to be marched down. Obviously, she's going to be the better striker. She's going to piece her up on the feet if it stays there. But um, but I, but I, I don't know. I just think that 
you know, the, the turn against Barber is kind of odd here. Uh, she lost one fight in which she tore up her knee. And before that happened, she was kind of out scrambling or at least keeping up in the scrambles. Let's say that with, uh, with uh, Roxy on the ground. So I, I wouldn't, when you say that she can win this fight wherever it goes, I, I think, I think Barbara would have her way on the ground if it went there. But um, I, I think that, look, am I going to be surprised if she gets pieced up by Grasso? Uh, no, I'm not. But Barbara's tough. I mean, she's not just flash in the pan. As I said, she, she, she lost that first round handily to JJ Aldridge came back and, and turned the screws. And I think even if she has a bad round here, she'll be able to do the same thing. The time off is concerning, of course, especially uh, given that it's it's off of a major injury. But look, she's 22. I mean, I would expect her to bounce back uh, pretty okay, uh, you know, from an injury like that. I don't think we have to worry about anything lingering too bad here. I think that um, if people are off Barber because they just don't like the way she looks or or looked rather, or, I mean, I think, I think attitude, frankly, has some play in this to why people don't like her, which is fine. Uh, I say bring that on because I will take all the Barber, Joe will take all the Grasso, and we'll see where the chips fall. And I, I have no issue with her attitude, just FYI. I have no oh, no, not, I'm not saying you. I'm yeah. just saying, uh, you no, know. No, I know there is some of that. I agree. That yeah, that tends to permeate for some yep. reason. yep. All right, main event time. Kamaru Uzma, 9,000, taking on Gilbert Burns at 7,200. A line on this fight is currently Usman's minus 260. Burns is plus 240. Look, I personally, I freaking hate when training partners fight. I hate it. 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 I immediately and forever now will think of Devontae Smith and Kama Worthy every time. Like it's just it's just crazy shit happens. What's the other one that comes to mind? It's an older one. Mike Pyle, Matt Brown. Like everyone said that Mike Pyle used to beat up Matt Brown in the gym. Go watch their UFC fight. Doesn't look like that. Now that and you could talk about um Burns's BJJ, you know, live to a submission. We're just looking for ways for Usman to lose. It seems so unlikely. We're just poking holes in it. And I've done it too. And I'll, I'll like, that's, that's what everyone is doing. You're looking for ways for the best Walter weight on the planet to lose. Um, now the, the way, the way he loses is that you would think, and it's hard to know for sure. You would think he's going to want to try and box Burns and there's no way Burns is getting Usman down. So maybe Burns lands something on the feet. It's MMA, and Usman shoots a reactive shot, and this fight goes to the ground, and he finds a submission. That's probably the way that Burns wins the fight, or he catches them on on the feet because while well, Usman's, I think, technically better boxer, you know, they're, they're four ounce gloves with throwing leather. Any anything can happen, but skill wise, the wrestling, and I think if you really wanted to, Usman could probably take Burns down and just he's got heavy enough top pressure that. You know he knows what's what what subs to look out for. He'll he'll probably be fine. I it's interesting to see what he chooses to do, and he's the one who knows because they've trained together. Is it safer for him to just dominate Burns on top and not worry about the sub, or is he not really worried about him on the feet and just going to box him up? It's hard to know for sure. You have five rounds to work with. Give me Kamaru Usman. I'm. It's not an all-in fight because if they play at range for five rounds. There's a chance he doesn't end up in the optimal when you have Ricky Simone up there and you know, Hadolfo uh, Vieira, who I think is live to an under minute bonus. Like there's ways Usman doesn't end up on the optimal, but all the narrative we're talking about is just looking for ways for Usman to somehow lose. So um, Usman's the pick here. It's just a matter of scoring. I think he'll be fine. Um, just a couple shots on Burns, but he'll go over own because he's in the main event. Chris, who you got? By the way, you want to talk about scores that. Um... <laughs> are better because of the new system. Jesus uh, Christ. I, I, I meant to do that. The, yeah. Usman tilts the pinball machine. I think that his <laughs> score against... 195. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Something like, I mean, 250 uh, regular strikes. It's it just absurd. So um, on to the fight. I think that, you know, I've seen some narrative floating around, and you kind of touched on it, Sean, that... This is just going to be a, a range uh, striking battle. Maybe, maybe because Usman doesn't want to take him down. 
I think if that does happen, that's actually dangerous for Usman. Um, Colby Covington hit him a lot, like like more than Colby Covington should be able to hit you. So um, <laughs> if if um, if Gilbert Burns hits him that much, uh, Gilbert Burns hits a lot harder than Colby Covington. And I don't really think it's a game he wants to play. And I think that can lead to him getting clipped. I will say that um, as far as a fundamental boxer, Usman is better. He's gotten very good. And when you force Usman to react to you, he sometimes lunges and can get caught like that as well. But, um, but yeah, I, I do think Usman's going to take him down here. And I also think that um, the clock is working against Gilbert Burns here. I, in that uh, Alexei Kuchenko fight, he was dead tired by the third round and, and basically just survived to win the decision because he had won the first two rounds. And if you look at his fights, um, he's never really been forced to push a pace. He's always been the guy either pushing the pace or, frankly, just being in there with slower fighters. I mentioned Kuchenko. He fought uh, uh, the uh, tortoise himself, Tyron Woodley. So it's 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 been a very... He's been able to fight very methodical, very slow fights. And as we just said, Usman really pushes the pace no matter what he's doing. Grappling, striking, uh, on the ground, he never lets you rest. So I think that not only is Usman a big favorite skill-wise, but uh, Gilbert Burns has a has a, a half-life to land that big shot because Usman's constantly going to be pushing him, and I think Gilbert Burns is going to get tired. And if that happens, this can just get really, really bad for him very quickly. Could lead to a finish. Otherwise, I think it's just going to be a volume <coughs> win, but I do think he scores very highly. So it's, it's a Hail Mary for Gilbert Burns, but I don't even see the Hail Mary as that likely, quite frankly. I think that uh, Usman all the way, and I'll have a lot of him in DraftKings. Oh, so the highest-owned fighter on the slate, uh, and the linchpin of, of cash lineups, Kamara Usman. I actually like the camp shift. I like the fact that he trained at elevation. I liked uh, some of the new coaching he's getting. Um, you know, I don't have, I'm thinking about some, a way to play this. Um, honestly, straight up is not awful, um, considering my level of confidence in the outcome. Um, I may look to do something with Grasso, um, you know, by way of a parlay and, and, you know, Vieira to win by submission, something along those lines, you know, to get a little bit of juice, um, you know, so I like who's, who's, I mean, look, Chris did a really thorough analysis and that's typically not, you know, fight game planning a fight is not how I, is not generally how I do my analysis, but, you know, Chris did a really sharp job there. So thank you for that. I'm just going to kind of piggyback off of, you know, his take on that. I love, I love Usman as well. Um, I'm going to be playing him. I'm going to be on DraftKings. I'm trying to figure out the best way to bet him. Um, I will have a few shares of Burns, you know. Again, sun, sun even shines on the dog's ass on occasion just in case. Um, but I really would be very surprised if Burns was able to get anything done against Kamaru. All right, guys, it is time for hot takes. Something unexpected you know, you think will happen. DFS could be betting related, whatever you got, hit us up in chat, read a couple out. Joe, you're usually locked and loaded. What do you got for? Okay. So I was looking uh, while you guys were talking and I was looking at some, some odds plays. Um, unfortunately there is not a line to win by Dr. Stoppage. Um, so I am going to play, um, I'm going to play Grasso to win in round three at 20 to one. So 20 Damn. to one Grasso wins in round three. Um, you know, now also there's a Grasso wins inside the distance, which is obviously, you know, not as good. I think that's six to one and maybe I'll put a little bit on that, but like round three, I see her piecing Barber up, piecing Barber up um, to the point where, you know, either the referee or the doctor stopped the fight. So I'm going to say that happens in round three. So I will take, look, not a large taste and don't like, don't bet your, uh, you know, don't bet your mortgage on it, but a few ducats on Grasso to win in round three at 20 to one. God bless you, Sean. Um, that's my hot take. Thank you. Sorry, guys. Yep. Sorry, couldn't hit couldn't hit mutant time. Yep. Chris, who you got? What do you got? Uh, yeah, you gotta get you gotta get quicker on the cough button there. But uh I am gonna take uh, I know this is the only way she wins, but I I think it's still like a plus three fifty or something, so I consider that sufficiently hot. I'm gonna take Viana by submission. 
And um, before uh, we move on here, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a line. I really don't. No, it is. It is. It is. Our only way to win this fight. Where is it? Pollyanna I like it, Chris. Vienna. I know you like it, Joe. You guys are breaking my heart. It's gonna be it's gonna cost me some money. Come, come. No, come but you know night. what? No. Vienna inside the distance. Vienna inside the distance is plus three hundred five. So I imagine by submission is. Yeah. All right, so three eighty five plus three eighty five. Yeah, everybody look Fair alive enough. there. Look, if you have somebody, the only way they win is doing that, and then you get that price. You know, I don't know. Sure. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, my hot take will be. Hmm. I want to throw out something really spicy, but I don't know. I don't know if I have have the balls for it. Let's go with. No, nah, it's not a hot take. Maki Patolo is not a hot take. He's just not. How about? And I want to go directly against Chris. That's that's no fun. It's not. That's the most fun for me. Ready? Phil Rowe is going to score the 62nd bonus. Wow. There you go. We had two of them last week. So I know. I just, I just, I hate it. And it's, 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 it's right there in possibility that Gabe Green scores it, scores it for himself. He's so defensively irresponsible. I hate it. Um, In chat, what we got real quick before we get out of here Heinish Grasso burns Cocoa Bombs plus. 8,004. Woo, buddy. Wow, Tajik Bay, that's uh, a hot take. Kamara will not be in the winning lineup. Burns. Burns. Okay. I, 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 that's why it was so high. Yep. Pop that back up. Um, Tajik, Kamaru will not be in the winning lineup in the main GPP. Hot take, not unrealistic. I, I laid out the reasons why uh, during that breakdown. Um, we'll go to Ryan real quick. Nothing real spicy. Heinish. Out hustles Kelvin. Kelvin could be shot. Sure. Shot. Not hot. Shot. Shot. Uh, I bet Grasso a few weeks ago at minus 150. Ah, that's all right, yeah. Brian. You, you, could get a little bit, you could get a little bit more. Should have waited on him. Yeah, all right, guys. Get, that's what I, we got. Sorry, yep. before, uh, before we go, so I'm going to really quick uh, throw throw in some shameless plugs here. We actually got uh, two new members of our Rotowire MMA family. They are now not only in betting picks, but they also have great articles for you to check out. That's AJ Shulo and Cole Shelton. Uh, so check that out, guys. I have a new article up where I not only take a look at uh, uh, DraftKings plays, but I do a little bit of everything. DraftKings, uh, bets, FanDuel, Monkey Knife Fight, Super Draft. We get into all kinds of different things, and we see where all the best plays are, and it's really a lot of fun. So uh, check all that out, guys. And uh, By the way, guys, I know AJ, and he does some solid work. And I believe the article he's doing for Rotowire is FanDuel. Um, and I may actually just have to play. I haven't played FanDuel since, like, they launched. They're, they're maybe one time. And I may have to play a little FanDuel and see how uh, AJ does. But he get on his mailing list because he really sends out some solid um, – some solid write-ups. And unlike, I believe, everybody on this call, um, AJ actually makes his living um, wagering. So that should tell you something um, right there. So, I uh, look, no disrespect to Cole. I don't know who that is. Um, maybe someday. Um, but I do know AJ. And uh, definitely check out his FanDuel article and, and get on his mailing list and follow AJ. All right, guys. That's it for UFC 258. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe to the podcast wherever you were watching or listening at the moment. I am the Daily Fantasy Sniper for Chris Olson and Joe, better known as Sun Tzu. Good luck in your contest, guys. We'll see you for UFC 259. Peace.